I came in yesterday morning. I was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm trying to get some cold exposure here. This this is the best way to do it. Welcome, everybody, to the Halfway There cast with Tyler and Eric. We are halfway there, and it is season two. We are coming in hot for the 2024 year. We're excited for the new year, for a new season of the Halfway There cast. Eric, how's the new year treating you, brother? So far, so good. I've already given up on all my resolutions that I had, (laughs) but I know the listeners have missed us, and they're very excited for us to be back. And we're excited to be back. Looking forward to a good, big second season here on the Halfway There cast. Yep, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. I'm excited. Some changes. We're going to do some things different. We're going to do a lot of things the same. Looking forward to a new season, just like you said. You know, this New Year's resolution thing. I always try to think about those things as we go through the month of December. And my wife asked the other day, she goes, well, I'm going to, I wrote down some New Year's resolutions. She asked Ellie if she did, and Ellie had, and she came to me and she said, did you write down any New Year's resolutions? And Eric, I haven't wrote down one thing yet this year. I've thought of some things in my head, but I don't think I have pursued anything yet. <laughs> have you ever had one and stuck with it? Never. I don't think I ever have. I, I don't think I've ever kind of seen one through. And I, I know I'm a pastor, but the whole Bible reading thing, like I usually start every year wanting to read the Bible all the way through. I've read the Bible through twice in my lifetime, like all the way through. Usually I'm not a reading big portions kind of guy. Like I'm, I'll read what I'm preaching on that Sunday. And that's kind of where I hang out. So I every year I get to like Leviticus, like everybody mm-hmm. else. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to go back to what I'm working on with my sermon here. Yeah. I I try and it's not a, ever a resolution thing, but like I, I try different times throughout the year to try to continue to be reading through the Bible and it, dev- it definitely ebbs and flows. But as a pastor, every year I do hand out the McShin Bible reading plan to everyone in the congregation <laughs> in hopes that they will read through the Bible in a year and be on the same page, be in the place, same place, the Bible, everybody at the same time. I guess that's a, just one of those dreams of a pastor that have everybody in the church reading the same place, at the same time in the Bible. I had a new Testament professor in Bible college and he, his idea was if he's going to teach new Testament, he better know the new Testament. So he would read through the entire new Testament every month. Wow. I don't know what he did in the old Testament, but he read through the new Testament a lot. That'd be, I've never done that either. Yeah. I mean, I've read through the Bible several times. I had to in Bible college. Of course, anytime that we were in either sur- survey classes or anything like that, you had to read. I think as a, as a Christian, I've, I've probably read through it a couple times on my own, but I don't know. I mean, I've, I've read a lot in the Bible. Don't get me wrong here. <laughs> I've read a lot, but just never really sat down. And I've never done just Genesis through. It's always been scattered around. Yeah. Uh, one thing about this podcast, I can't believe we haven't said yet. What's that? We're in the same room. Yeah, we are. We're kind of, is this called in studio? Is that what we're doing? I suppose so. We're in studio, the studio that we don't have and have never talked about. For the first time in Halfway There Cast history, we are in the same room and we're seeing each other on a screen. We're seeing each other in person. There's voices coming from everywhere. We've had headphones. We've not had headphones. And uh, here we are. Here we are. So it's exciting times. But Back to the New Year's resolutions. I, know, I've got a question for you. That? Can you say the books of the Bible in order? Oh. Speaking of reading the Bible all the way through, uh, I'm putting you on the spot. You don't have to say it. Like, what are your I chances? Can, if you if you had 10 chances, how many I times? Th- I think if I had 10 chances, like, so how many times could I do it out of 10? Yeah, do it perfectly. Oh, I don't know. I would I would get slipped up, you know. In the wisdom literature, I'd get them backwards. But it's a funny story. We set out as parents to teach our kids that. Mm-hmm. And Elijah, of course, has a photographic memory, so it was pretty easy for him. And I think he had to do it for school. But Ellie, we did with her younger, and we taught her 
we found a rap song that wrapped the book of books of the Bibles. And she can do it. She could literally, she could get up and wrap the books of the Bible. Nice. So uh, that was the best teaching way we had to do that. So I, then actually, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, that's how I would have to do it as well. It's kind of like that song we sang in school, 50, 50 50 United, United States. States. I can say every state because of yes, 50, 50 me too. United States. and But I can't say the 50 United States without singing them, nor can I say the alphabet without singing the alphabet. I can do the 50 nifty. I'm singing it in my head, but I'm trying to say it like I'm just saying it. But in my head, it's the song. Yeah, it's the song every time. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. Should we try to do the 50 nifty together? 50 nifty. United States. Oh, apparently, I'm going to sing the whole song. Alabama, Alaska, Alaska Arizona, Arizona California, California, Colorado, Colorado Connecticut, Delaware, <laughs> Florida, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Hawaii. Oh, there you go. Georgia, Hawaii. Oh. Yeah. I would have left Hawaii out. We we could have done. I would have had forty nine. <laughs> well, it was one of the later states added. The Fantastic Forty Nine is what I would have had <laughs> instead of the fifty nifty. Oh man. Well, okay. So th- these are all goals, right? People people have. My- you know, maybe your New Year's resolution is to save the all the United States. Maybe so. Maybe so. Now uh, people always want to lose lose the weight too. Which every I'm- year, every year, actually about every two months. I set out on a new resolution that on a Monday, I'm going to get to the gym or not get to the gym. I'm going to start doing something to lose weight. And again, it, the the bug has been in this year. I'm, I'm going for a healthy lifestyle and I'll probably, I'm setting up to start on Monday is what I'm saying in my head because I can't start something unless it's on a Monday. And, but you know, it'll, it'll wash out in about a week. Are you going to the gym? No. Is that your plan? No. You're just going to eat better? I'm just going to eat better and sleep better is the plan. Are you going to take cold baths? The, the ice baths. Can't believe I'm going to tell everyone this. I debated on the way here today if I was going to talk about this. So oh, I'm talk about oh, I didn't know this. Okay. No, this is this is this is news. So of course the new fad is. Last time I said something was a fad on here, we got attacked. But <laughs> the new fad is to do the cold bath. Yeah. That you they're saying cold is good for you. So. I've been considering for a long time buying one of those tubs for the outside, one of those round ones. I also have had thoughts about that. They went on sale half off the other day, by the way. Where uh, at? I think on Amazon, $49. Uh-huh. But anyway, <laughs> I walked outside the other day. It was the really cold day, I think three days ago. And I was like, I cannot imagine trying to go get in a cold tub this morning. I think I would rather have my legs chunked off. So I told my wife that, and she's like, I didn't even know you were thinking about getting one. I was like, I think about it all the time. Uh, <laughs> I do too. So, so, so here's what I'm doing. I can't believe this is, I can't believe I'm going to tell everyone in this. I've, I decided somehow I need to start getting some sort of cold exposure. So I've been watching all these other videos about that. And I, a guy said, you know, it doesn't have to be a bath or a shower. It's just getting cold exposure. Mm-hmm. I thought it's winter. I go and unlock the car or start the cars every morning for me and Natasha. So they're good and they don't have frost on them when we go out. So I thought, you know what I'm going to start doing? Okay. Mind you, if you don't know where I live, I live in a subdivision with neighbors. I wear shorts to bed. That's what I wear. I just decided to go out there in house shoes and shorts without a shirt on and start the car. <laughs> I came in the, yesterday morning. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to get some cold exposure here. This, this is the best way to do it. <laughs> So if you're ever by my house about uh, 6.30 on a on a weekday morning, you'll see a mid, middle-aged man outside without a shirt on walking around in the cold. Oh, so. But yeah, I didn't know. Uh, so you've actually done that to this point. Done it twice. Okay. Yesterday morning and this morning. This morning was pretty chilly. So um, one guy I saw, he, he recommended, hey, just start off in the shower. Just turn it as, at the end of your shower. Turn it as cold as you can get it, kind of step out of the water yeah. and then take a breath and step into it and just go as long as you can. It's supposed to release like some. I did that. Protein. Can, can you do it? I, well, I did it for about three weeks, probably November, and it works. I had more energy every day, felt better every day. And I don't remember why I quit doing it. I mean, it's it's a real mental battle to get into that shower and do that. Yeah. I I cannot really do it because I I want to do it, but apparently it's supposed to make your body think it's dying, so it 
kills off bad cells and releases other helpful things. Yeah, and there's a whole thing like you need to heat yourself up before you go to bed because it actually cools you while you're sleeping. I don't know. There's a lot of things. Yeah, that I'm finding out midlife. Yep. That you know I haven't I haven't done. So, so getting healthy for us then is more not so much the gym. It's right better quality sleep. Yeah, it is. It's, it's quality a lot sleep. of stuff like that. Cold cold stuff. You know, probably less screen time. Things like that. That's what I'm shooting for. Yeah. Figure if I can get those things in order, then I'll I'll feel like then maybe doing some extra working out and things like that. Screen time's a good one. I'm I'm trying to dial it back on the yeah. social media and things. So what we need to do, I think, is probably. We probably need to get one of those tubs, maybe two of them, and do our next podcast. Oh, no. We couldn't stay in that long. People, we, <laughs> people only stay in there for a couple minutes. Well, we could do a two or three minute segment. Wow. I can't imagine. I mean, I got a, it was the other morning and I hadn't, I wasn't doing the car starting topless thing yet, but <laughs> I, it was really cold that morning. And I just thought, there's no way. There's no, I would, I would fight myself before I got in there. Yeah. So cold out, but I don't know. Maybe it's what I need to do. It's supposed to burn more calories than anything else you can do because your body's trying to heat itself up. I don't know. And by the way, we're not giving medical advice here. No, no one. Not at all. You don't need medical advice from us. Don't listen to us. But this is the new year's resolution kind of stuff. This is kind of stuff that needs to be considered by people our age. It is. And so I'm I'm going for a more healthy lifestyle. That's one thing I am doing. I, I did set out to read more, but I made that res I made that plan in December. And so what I did because here's what I'm really bad at. I will start a book, but I will not finish a book. I have started more books in my life that are in the biggest libraries in the world, but I won't finish them. That's it's weird that we do the same thing. I do the same exact thing there before you. I brought back to you your book that you loaned me a few months ago Yeah, and got off to a good start on it, was reading it and then got about halfway through. And it's like, that's all I can do. Hit that wall halfway through. Hit the wall, couldn't make it through it. I've almost read a lot of books. Yeah. So maybe this year I need to make it a goal to read a book all the way through. I said, I said, I didn't say it. I read a quote the other day. It said, that look at a man's library okay and first look at the books that he has read and you'll see what kind of man he is look at the books that he's bought and you see what kind of man he wants to be mm. that's a good quote isn't it yeah there's a lot of truth to that. there's a whole lot of truth in that and that's a good quote i like that Maybe yeah, there's a lot see here's what i did a few years ago i used to i've been building my library since i've been a pastor mm-hmm and I got it pretty big there for a while. And then I looked at it one day and I'm like, why do I have all these books that I'm not going to read yeah. or finish? So I started getting rid of a ton of them. And what I've tried to narrow it down to is just the ones either that I've read and would maybe read again or would definitely read or need it as a reference book. But I don't have near the books I used to. But man, that, that's a good quote. But mm-hmm. all the ones I got were like, hey, I want to right. I right. want to know this. Yeah, and that, that was me too. I I went through a, a season that I mean, if you if you could find something in my life that was equal to my obsession with Columbia House CDs, it was buying books at one time. I mean, I guess every pastor does that, right? Every new Christian does that. They just buy books, and so I have quite the amount of books, and I've got rid of a lot too. Even the last time that I moved my bookshelves and my I got rid of a lot more, but uh, what I've done this year, though, here's what I've done different. I've kind of tried to make myself accountable. I have selected, I think, 15 books, and I've, I've got them out of my bookshelf, and I've got a little cart by my desk. I've put them in that cart, and I've said to myself, self, this is the books you're reading this year. And good plan. So, and so that's, that's my plan, and I'm, I'm off to a good start. I'll say that. What did you start with? Uh, Mere Christianity. I've read it once. I wanted to read it again. It's I know it's it's an easier read, kind of. So I've been quoting it on Facebook a few times. There's good stuff in it. So that's kind of my plan. I'm going to read through it and try to start with some books I'm familiar with and I know are very readable and then maybe get into some of the, the stickier stuff as I go. But that's my plan. 
So we'll see what happens with that. I'll let everyone know how that goes. So I went through a phase where I got burned out from reading because when I do stuff, I go pretty hard at it for a while. Same way, yeah. And then I get to a point where I'm like, hey, I need to step back and did that with reading just in general for a few years. And then um, last year when I was teaching, my teacher mentor, I had to teach Peter Pan. Okay. So my teacher mentor was like, hey, have you ever read Peter Pan? I'm like, no, I've seen the movie. She made me read the book Peter Pan. And that was the first book that I'd read all the way through in a few years. Okay. So since then, I've read a few books all the way through. One thing that holds me accountable is our Sunday night Bible study. Sometimes mm-hmm. we pick a book to go through. Yeah. So you got to kind of read through that. Yeah. But we did that with Holiness of God mm-hmm. last year, R.C. Sproul. Yeah, I've done that a few times. Uh, and actually, always on our Wednesday nights, that's kind of what I try to do for the most part. And that will keep me accountable, but it can make me pretty grumpy about doing it sometimes too. It's like, oh, I've got to do this today. <laughs> you know, it's a kind of a tricky thing. If you could encourage people to read some books this year, what would they be? Got you in mind? Yeah, t- just a few here. Th- well, I-, I guess I have to take it from the perspective of what I would like to read for part of that. I'm going to read here starting in a few weeks. I plan on reading Chosen by God by R.C. Sproul. Okay. That was at the request of one of our church members that wanted to do that as a study, learn more about election and predestination, yeah. things like that. So I, that's one that I've, I've had. I might have even had two different versions of it. It's never read it all the way through. So I'm looking forward to that. Maybe a book just, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say self-help. Have you ever read like any of the like Dave Ramsey stuff, financial stuff? I did. I listened to one on Audible once. Like the Total Money Makeover? Yeah, whatever the famous one was. The All the Baby Steps and things like yeah, that? Yeah, I think so. That, I think for anybody that's trying to get their finances in order or they have no idea about how to handle money or budget or invest or save or anything like that, that would be a really good place to start because it's really accessible and he makes it very clear and easy to understand. So I, I know a lot of people just put with finances and things. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about any of that stuff because I was in my third. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Did you, when you were like, when you went out on your own, did you know anything? I didn't about know it? anything. I didn't either. We had that class. We had accounting class with Miss. We did have an accounting Foster. class. And that is the most I knew about money, <laughs> except that you could spend it. <laughs> I, that's how I looked at money. It was to spend. Didn't understand why you would save it. Right. Didn't know a thing about investing or retirement or anything like that. I started listening to Dave Ramsey, and I'm not saying that everybody should agree 100% on everything he says, because he's he's kind of like your entry-level guy to help you understand stuff. Yeah, But if you don't know anything about it, I would read some of his stuff and, you know, he starts off by talking about how you, the very first thing you need to do is save a thousand dollars, like for an emergency fund, because that covers a lot of different emergencies that could pop up. Yeah. That's the one I read. Pay your debts down. Then once your, all your debts are paid down, start building up a three to six month. You're going to give them all away here. Don't give them all away. People won't read the book. (laughs) Just just basic stuff that, that I didn't, yeah, I spent my twenties. I didn't have any idea. I thought like if you wanted something, you get it or, you know, slap it on a credit card or something like that. So that's that that's something practical that would line up with biblical principles as far as being a good steward. Yeah. So I would I would recommend that for sure. Okay. Yeah. And that, that that's a good one. I didn't think of that about that, but that would be a really good one. I got Knowing God. I figured Knowing God is a good book. If you haven't read, you need to read it by J.I. Packer. Just a good it's a little dense. You need to take your time with it. But that's one that I have. I had the paperback and let somebody borrow it and I never got it back. What me was it? No. Okay, good. Then I got a uh, an audio version and I've started it several times. And it's one of those British guys that's reading it. So I cannot do it. I can't do I turn British it on guy. at night. Yes. I cannot do the British guy. He just soothes you yeah, to sleep. I have to have the author read it. If the yeah. author reads it, I can listen to him. But let me tell you, there, 
they make a devotion to go with that. And it's really helpful yeah. to, to get through the book because it is a, it's a dense book, but I think everyone should read it. That's one I've always wanted to do. And I've started it many times and it seems amazing, mm-hmm. but then I just, I don't finish yeah. it. One we read as a family last year, it was a series and we haven't finished the series, but it's called the wing feather saga. Are you familiar with that? I've seen that. Yeah. Those books are really good. They're from a Christian worldview. And it's, it's just good stories, good family book. We would read a chapter a night with our family. Hmm. And I would encourage, I think the first one's called, it's a funny name, On the Edge of the Sea. Uh, no, no, On the Edge of the Dark Sea of Darkness. So it's a really good, you know, captures the imagination of kids. And it's a good story. Andrew Peterson wrote them. He's a Christian musician. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's who he does that song. Is he worthy? Yeah. He yeah, is. I like him. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> and, but yeah, it's great, great series, Wing Feather Saga. I'd, I'd recommend that to anyone to read this year. Read with your families. That's something that my wife is really good at, is making sure as a family, we are always reading something together. Now, not we don't sit down and just everybody read it, but we read it out loud. She's really good about doing that and making sure we're doing that as a family. That's a good practice. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. It's good, good family type. Have you ever read the uh, Chronicles of Narnia stuff? Yes. Weird. My sister bought me those when I was really little and, and read through them. When, when you were younger? When I was younger, yeah. I had no idea who C.S. Lewis huh. was or what his books were about. I I read Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe as an adult. Okay. For the first time I read it. And yeah. it it's probably it's my favorite fiction book. Yeah. I, I always like, we like the Narnia stuff. And when they were making the movies, we enjoyed those. Uh, yeah. I saw they were having. At the, up at the arc, they were doing they're doing the play. Yeah. And I thought about trying to go, but they're so expensive. It's like ninety dollars a ticket. But you get to go through the arc. But I mean that's, that's have a, you ever been to the arc? It's been a long time. Yeah. It was there, I've been to the creation museum, but not the arc. We went when it first opened. I mean, it'd been open a little bit. And here's the weird thing about it. Of course, it's huge. And there were so many people from India there. And like, so you park, I don't know if it makes it not still be like this, but it was then you park and then you, you ride a bus, like a little church bus on over to the Ark. And so we're on this church bus with all these people from India and you kind of go down in the bottom and like it's, tr- there's big tall trees. So you can't see it. So you come around a curve and up a hill, then you see the Ark. And when they saw that arc, they celebrated like no one has ever celebrated. Wow. They were amazed by it. Huh. I don't know if they were Christians or, I mean, I don't know, but it, yeah. was a, it shocked me a little bit. Oh, that's, that's interesting. It's a cool place. I mean, it's a lot of moving and walking though, and it's busy, Yeah, but it, it's neat. I think it's neat. I'm not going to spend $90 to go to the play though. Yeah. Not that neat. Well, have you had a good Christmas? I mean, we haven't talked much really through the christmas season yeah pretty good there. christmas did was bragging to somebody a few weeks ago about how i've not been sick in a long time and got gotcha. you ended up getting me had to miss yeah. church this past week better now but yeah it, it was pretty good you know i always enjoy time with the family and things like that making good good memories yeah good food stuff like that i mean that like when did you take your christmas tree down Oh, did I not send you a picture? Like, was it before what you all didn't open presents that day? Did you? We opened presents. So like I October, haven't told you all this. I haven't got to tell you all this. Okay. So what'd you just say? Don't you open presents in October or something? No, usually. So Elijah was supposed to come in on Saturday, the 23rd. And I was a little frustrated with him. I was frustrated because I wanted nothing more than for him just to tell me when he was coming in. And then we would go around and surprise everybody Mm -hmm. and we could do the soldier home videos. Okay. You know, I was really, I wanted to do that. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's funny. So I thought that would be a great thing to do. He could tell me and he never would. So me and Natasha, Ellie had a, where would she go? She was with a friend. Yeah. She went to a friend's house on Thursday night. So me and Natasha are sitting there and somebody knocks at the door. And, and so, so here's, here's what happens at my house. When 
we have a camera, uh, one of the ring cameras. Yeah. When someone rings the doorbell or knocks on the door, everyone in my house freezes. <laughs> like Natasha won't move. She's like, thinks I, it's, it's a robber. She won't move. Ellie will go and hide. <laughs> and so like, if I'm in the basement, I've got to come upstairs to get the door because no one else can open the door. Right. So someone knocks on the door. It's about 930. And no, it wasn't that late. Ellie wasn't out that late. It was like 830. And, and Natasha freezes, of course. She's like, who is it? So I kind of look out my window and it wasn't Ellie. We were expecting Ellie to be home. So I wander over there to the door, open it up. And it was Elijah and his girlfriend. Mm. He tricked me. You know what I did? Shut the door on. Shut the door in his face. <laughs> Make me so mad. I just shut that door. Natasha's like, who is it? And I said, you need to get it. And so she was really excited that he was home. He came home early and tricked me. So that was neat. But. Yeah, what were we talking about before that? <laughs> good, just having a good Christmas yeah, so, and taking your Christmas tree down and stuff. Okay, so that yeah, I remember. So he had to take Haley back home because he didn't come with a car. So he he drove mine and drove her back home and came back. We opened presents that night. Okay, and so the tree was down on the twenty sixth. Okay, I was mad. <laughs> So <laughs> she came in there and she's like, uh, can we take this Christmas tree down? Or no, she didn't even say that. She said, can we, my wife, can you go downstairs and get the totes? And I said, surely to goodness, we're not taking this Christmas tree down yet. She said, yeah, I want to get, I want to get it all down. It's stressing me out. Yeah. I was like, it will stress me out if we take this Christmas tree down. I said, I'm enjoying looking at the lights. They bring me so much happiness. Well, that's why you got to put it up a little earlier. See, we put it up early. Yeah. But then after Christmas was over on the 26th, I'm like, hey, this stuff's got to come down. And the Lord blessed me tremendously. Because <laughs> you know how I have my one string of lights on the roof, uh -huh. out, on my straight roof yeah. out there. Yeah. I had an extension cord going up to it on the side. And I reached up there and I was going to just unplug the extension cord. Well, when I did, the first little light... That was hooked with this plastic hook, mm -hmm. popped off, and in, in, in perfection, like yeah. like the thing was still on there. I said, "Huh." So I gave it a little tug. You're kidding me. The next one came down. Gave it another tug. Next one came down. Next thing you know, sixty feet later, I've got all my Christmas lights down. Didn't have to get a ladder. My goodness, the Lord bless me. You're highly favored that day, friend. <laughs> yeah. I was so happy that day. <laughs> so that that was nice. Yeah. That so we. Nice. We had a good Christmas, trees down. It extended, so we had we did Christmas with Elijah that night. We went to the my in-laws on Christmas morning, had breakfast, open presents, went to my mom's that afternoon. And then on the 30th, we had a Natasha's family get together, her extended family. So it was really stretched out there. I didn't care for that. I'd like to hit it all in about two days there and then yeah. relax. But it was okay. It was okay. Uh, my son proposed to his girlfriend, which we knew that was going to happen. Really enjoyed hers. That was fun. So, all in all, I had a good Christmas. My, my daughter's coming in today. So, is she? Yeah, she'll be. She's on her way now. Probably getting close. What are we doing on a podcast then? Well, she's not here yet. Okay, and I'm sure they'll sleep. They left at three o'clock this morning, <laughs> but she's coming in. So we'll have another little Christmas with her. So we're just having a lot of Christmas. So you're like the uh, Eastern Orthodox Church then, doing twelve days of Christmas kind of a thing. I guess, yeah. Well, that's uh, good. Yeah, so we'll enjoy her. She'll be here for five days, I think. So we're excited for that. Any any big issues at church? Like, or, or do you all do like a, you all did a Christmas play, didn't you? Well, yeah, but that was early in December. We did do our uh, candlelight service on the twenty fourth since we've talked. That went really well. I, Had you done that before? Yeah, we've done. Okay, it. we did it last year. This is the second year of doing it, and a lot of people came out. It was a it was a pleasant surprise of a service. I got smart this year though. Last year, I just took my Bible mm -hmm. and I couldn't see, so I took my iPad this year and it worked oh, out a lot okay. better for me. It's a rookie mistake last year. Well, you li live and learn. Yeah, live you live and learn. Got any big things coming up like for this church year? Like, like you all plan out your year. Yes. Like, how do you do that? We gather on the day the time changes. It's always on a Sunday. Spring forward or fall back. Fall back. Fall back. Mm -hmm. And we plan the next year. It's kind of how we do things. No, I mean, we're just keeping it pretty, pretty basic. I mean, I don't, 
don't really want to try to plan to do much. You know, I like to keep it. It's and it's loose. We loosely plan it. I guess you can say. You so, doing another big revival this year? Well, we'll see. Maybe in the works. Thinking about it. You you giving a plug for yourself there? No, I just <laughs> want. I, I knew last year was the first time yeah. you've done one in a while. We'll do something. Because it kind of it, it reflects on me. Like if you all say we're not doing that no, again, no, no, no. And then <laughs> we're going <laughs> never doing that again. Uh, it's a horrible mistake. No, no, we're going to do something. Okay, and I just haven't really put my mind to paper to what I exactly I want that to be yet. And kind of what I'm thinking is we'll do. See, last year I did the adoption Sunday, and then the next month did the revival thing. With you coming in to preach about worship. And that was a lot to, from not going, doing anything to do two things back to back. So I'm thinking spring, fall. Yeah. And so kind of what I'm wanting to do is we'll do, we call them revivals. I don't know what else to really call it except a preaching. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, that's what we're doing. Want to give them a preaching. We're going to have a preaching. We're going to have somebody come in and just preach three nights to us and then not really doing the whole revivalistic thing. And what, then what what you've done though is everything's full circle, and now you're back to a spring event and mm-hmm. a fall event. Well, in my fall, what I want to do is have I know I know, but <laughs> what I want to do is not and not have a preaching. Yeah, I want to have somebody come in with a very specific thing and teach about that. So probably wouldn't even do any. I'd probably just do it maybe on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Have them pr- like, have them come in during the Sunday school hour, teach on something specific, and then preach for us. It's probably what I'll do, and then maybe do something after lunch. Yeah, it's kind of what I'm thinking. But uh, here's here's the big thing about our calendar planning. At the bottom of the page, we put all things are subject to change. So all things are subject to change. Okay. So that's the way that's the way we do. What about you all? Do you all? We don't plan ahead at, at all we just we kind of do the same things over and over I've, I've quit having the revival services yeah due to the last one we had revivalist guy you know almost yeah. putting kids in the headlock and bringing them out of the pew so they'll come down the uh, you gotta be careful you gotta i mean i think with that and the reason that i've always been so hesitant to do it is because i don't have a large sphere of people yeah. That I would fully trust that. And you are. I mean, you're one of the people that we're pretty lockstep on most well, that, that's the issue too. Like, I don't have a yeah. lot of people that I would and, and I thought I could trust this guy. Like I yeah. didn't have on my radar that this would happen at all. <laughs> and so he's not been back and I've we've not had a service like that since then. Yeah. Well they're hard, they're tricky. I mean, the just the expectation of those things and then the reality of those things are completely different. Yeah. And so that's the that's the thing. Well, like this year, uh, I mean, or, I mean, not even this year. What are some things that you see happening in the church that's like got your, and not just your church, just in general, that kind of got your, what do you say? Got your ears up? Is that what you say? Yeah. Got your radar up? Yeah. There's a lot of things. There, there are a lot like. of things. And it seems like as, as time goes on, I, I don't know. It seems like the, the church as a whole is just becoming a lot softer quickly Yeah, in in a lot of things with with a whole lot of different issues. You know, the the big things the last several years that are just going to become more pronounced to just gender issues and and things like that, homosexuality and and things. There's a, article i saw the other day there's a girl that wore a shirt to school yeah that said homosexuality is a sin had a scripture reference on it and they like banned her yeah they banned her sent her home or something there's a big lawsuit and she ended up winning 101 dollars in the lawsuit 101 101 i I guess is more of a moral victory than anything but you know anything else if somebody wore a shirt that said jesus never existed then nobody would bat an eye yeah but stuff stuff that's happening like in our schools, like you can look at your schools and then 10 to 20 years later, that's the kind of stuff that are that churches are dealing with. In that's kind of true, isn't it? Yeah. I saw a little tweet tweet video 
so I think the video came from over from TikTok, but a guy had tweeted it, a Christian guy tweeted it, and it was let me see what this guy the it was an archbishop Jonathan Blake. I don't I don't know who that is. I don't even know what he's an archbishop in. What is archbishop? Anglican? I think so. Yeah. yeah. But basically in the video, I mean, he's wearing pink and he's got rainbow stuff on him. And he's he's saying, we don't need the Bible anymore. I mean, that's his video is we, we don't need the Bible. God speaks to us where we're at. Why do we need a Bible? Yeah. And I mean, that's the, I mean, is it, I mean, the sufficiency of scripture, sola scriptura, scripture alone is kind of anything that we may say the church is going to face. Isn't that kind of the heart or what, what, they're trying to fight against yeah that's what it goes back to actually within the past couple of weeks had somebody contact me and they were going through a hard time in their life and they were like you know what's god trying to tell me uh, here's all these signs and things that i'm trying to interpret them what do you think's going on i'm like listen god doesn't deal in signs he he deals in scripture and you read scripture and here's what scripture says but, but this person just he refuse to hear that or even accept that like he is still you know god's showing me this yeah due to my circumstances and e even though the thing i'm i'm doing is sinful god's blessing it because of this sign and then no yeah. that's not it at all but people don't want to hear that people would take anything over what scripture says and that you're right that any issue you come to that's what it boils down to is trusting in scripture or not kind of making your own authority, making your own way or trusting God's word. Yeah. And I think a lot of the problem with that is that way of thinking is generally anytime we come to a situation that we're in, where we say that this is a sign is that situation is always interpreted by our emotion. And because that then is becoming interpreted by our emotion, then the result or, what baseline of that <laughs> it's all over the map it's just however we're feeling today yep the same thing the same situation could happen to me on different days and then how i feel about that will ultimately be determined by maybe if i got up and took a cold shower that morning or not yeah and so then my life becomes dependent on yeah. did i take a cold shower that day or not mm -hmm. instead of being founded on the solid rock that is the word of god that doesn't change right it's weird. So that yeah, that's always the big issue yeah. within church. And, you know, another thing I was thinking about that I'm starting to see more and more. You know, if you break church issues down, and Al Mohler years ago he he had this phrase theological triage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so like if you're triaged in an emergency room, the people with the worst injury they get seen first because it takes precedence over if you hurt your toe or something like right. that. So similarly with the Bible, there are, there's a theological triage. So like maybe a first level issue would be, you know, j the Trinity or is Jesus God or sure. salvation by grace alone. Th those are all issues where a second tier issue would be things that maybe aren't going to affect your salvation, but it would be hard to operate within a church that believes it different than you. So for example, a second tier issue could be baptism. Mm -hmm. Some people believe it's immersion. Some people believe it's sprinkling and it's an important enough issue to talk about and to take a stand on. But if somebody believes they're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, but then they sprinkle, well, you know, you, you can still be saved and get baptism wrong. Yeah. But it's still an important issue. You can't, operate in a church together with a bunch of people having 50 different views on that. And then a third tier issue would be like timing of the second coming and sure, things yeah. like that, where you can be in church with someone and disagree, but still get along. What, what I'm kind of seeing is it seems like a lot of people are making second tier issues that are important, but making them into first tier things. Yeah. Making them the main thing. Okay. Kind of getting away from the gospel. I'm sure that they wouldn't look at it like that, but it seems like I'm seeing that a lot in churches now that we're stepping away from the gospel and we're focusing on these second tier things to the point 
where you're kind of leaving the gospel behind. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And I think that we've been seeing that. I think that's been festering for about 10 years. Or maybe it always has been, and maybe I've just been involved in the church deeply for 10 years. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And, but it, it seems like, and, and kind of to piggyback exactly off of what you're saying there, is then I think the pro, when, when someone makes a second-tier issue of most importance, the problem then becomes that two people that go to church together are not willing to communicate enough to work that out with fear and trembling. Yeah. But to, I, I guess, find die on every hill. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is the hill I'm going to die on, and I'm not willing to look at the scripture together and to see where this might lead us. And then if I, if I need to change, I'm willing to change. Yeah. We've became dogmatic in second tier things mm-hmm. to a point that we're unwilling to learn or unwilling to be mastered by the scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the way. Yeah, and it's it's become and, and I see it a lot on social yeah. I- issues. <laughs> yeah. Which which are so they're so important. Yeah. But the the way it's being approached is it's taking the place of the gospel uh-huh. and if you don't believe this thing exactly like somebody else then you, you might need to question your salvation and well so, so, I mean, that's that's a thing, too. And the thing with second-tier issues, especially social issues, is that's what gets people fired up a lot of times. It is. Especially, yeah. you know, people in the congregation. Yeah. Anything that's... That, that's where you find a lot of your political issues mm-hmm. in, in that area. So, that's what people... If you have a hobby horse, now that, that's where you're going to ride it. Yeah. And it's... We've done... We come at things backwards. We let our social views, political views, whatever inform our theology instead of letting our theology inform those things. Mm. And by doing that, church becomes very pragmatic then. It becomes, well, we're going to gather, and as we gather, here's the things we have to be aware of and the things we have to fight against and the things that we have to do. But those things aren't informed by our theology. They're informed by our desire. And that's, that's why you can have a church Something call itself a church that is conservative. Mm-hmm. And you can also have something that calls itself a church that is very liberal. Yeah. And may fly a rainbow flag out front. Because theology did not inform what people believed about social issues. Yeah. I think Calvin said in the Institutes that the the beginning of all things is what we think about God and what we think about ourselves. And ultimately, everything else should flow out of that. I mean, he's almost quoting a proverb there. Yeah. But everything else ought to flow from that idea. And and too often, what happens is we th- do that backwards. Yep. You, you said that perfectly, because if you harp on the second tier issue, the social issues, nobody's mind is changing right. with that. But... If you start with the gospel and people get the gospel, then that's where your mind and your heart changes, and this other stuff flows from that. So, in other words, I, I don't. You're not going to convince somebody just take abortion or whatever. You're not going to convince uh, abortion issues are not going to be fixed legislatively. They're not going to be fixed by showing videos or having all these different arguments for people like that's that's not going to do it what does it is dwelling in the gospel right understanding what christ has done and and as you absorb that and then the way you see things and and what flows from that would change your mind on something like abortion or you know any other right issue you I want mean, to talk about but you're right it has to start with the gospel yeah. it, that can't be backdoored in it doesn't exactly work like that. and and when we do, I like that. I like what you said there. When we backdoor it in that way, when we try to change people without using the very power of God that we've been given through Scripture and the gospel to change people, then that change is ultimately futile. It's we're making Pharisees. 
is exactly what we're doing. We're being yeah. Pharisees and we're making Pharisees. Yeah. You read the Gospels, the Pharisees cared about all the social issues. And they were very active in all the social issues. And they were quick to tell everyone that they cared about the social issues and they were active in the social issues. But what did Jesus say about them? You're a whitewashed tomb full of dead man's bones because the gospel has not informed your thinking about social issues. Yep. You're doing it to, to appease man and try to attempt to earn favor with God. But ultimately what you're doing is build, storing up the wrath of God upon yourself and yeah. leading others into the wrath of God. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're right. And that's just as a pastor, I want to give the people the gospel first and I you can't preach sermons on the social stuff. I love to talk about different things like this. There was a I don't know if you saw it several weeks ago. You you know how we people gave me a hard time about my conspiracy theories. <laughs> Did they? they yeah about speaking of conspiracy theories yeah like, i almost sent you a picture but i didn't know what time you woke up in the morning uh, when i was out there topless this morning <laughs> but somebody saw bigfoot sasquatch i, <laughs> I looked up to the sky uh-huh at 6 30 this morning guess what there was everywhere chemtrails everywhere they are it, it's ridiculous it was ridiculous shot this big snowstorm coming in mm-hmm. why do you think it's coming in there you go chemtrails i'm a believer well so sorry. I have a video. I'm <laughs> glad you reminded me. I took this video and I've been meaning to show you. Did you talk and scream in the background? I was <laughs> I was talking through the video because here's what happened one night. There's chemtrails everywhere outside. All these planes flying over and putting off the chemtrails, but then here comes a plane or two and there's nothing behind. Oh, it. Just a normal one. Okay. And it's all happening at the same time. Gotcha. I, I'll show you the video when yeah, we're finished here. But anyway, sorry. A few weeks ago, there's a well-known quote pastor that held a debate at his church mm-hmm. about flat Earth. Okay. Yes, saw uh, that. You yes. saw that. Yes. So him and the this other pastor. Yeah, I, I guess he was a pastor. Yeah, I don't know who he was. Yeah. One took the flat Earth position, and the guy that was hosting it was taking the heliocentric position okay i didn't know which sphere took, i didn't know which took which yeah the, the guy hosting it was okay. saying the earth is a sphere and gotcha. um anyway I, it got to the point where you know this was the issue that they made it and let's talk about those things that you know it's you know talk about it, whatever but when you make that the main issue that debate got to the point where the guy hosting it got so upset <laughs> That he made the people cut off the other guy's microphone. Yeah. They cut it off right there and just ended it like there was no more discussion. Yeah. But what I say all that to say second tier stuff is important. You got to talk about it. Definite important issues. I have strong uh, beliefs and stances on a lot of this stuff, but we got to give people the gospel because right. that's the only thing that actually changes the heart. Yeah. So I think I can give a good illustration here. I'm going to brag on some ladies at church. So I'm not one to go in. So I've been there almost seven years, and I have not put together one outreach serving program. We've done a couple things. We've done some stuff for the school and done some stuff for some people in the community and things like that, but never have been active or I'm going to say pragmatic and putting together programs or things that, okay, let's put these people in positions that they can serve. I just look at, I looked at the church, kind of not the church I was at, just at the whole. And I kind of wondered, okay, if you took away a lot of these programs and things, what would this church be? What would they be about? And I think that a lot of them would have, would not exist. Yep. And so I had a lady come to me Sunday or Wednesday night and she said, Hey, me and some of the ladies are getting together and we're going to cook some meals for the homeless shelter in town. And she said, do we need to, does the church need to like put that in a meeting? Do we need to talk about that? It's like, no, we don't need to talk about that. You're serving. That's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. That's what it's supposed to look like. Right. And so I got in the car and uh, I was telling Natasha about it. And she, so, you know, Natasha's very involved with everything, everything going on. She knows what the ladies are doing and all that. And I was telling her about it, assuming she knew about it or had started it or something. And she just forgot to tell me. And I was like, hey, so you all are doing this thing. She goes, well, what are you talking about? And I was like, this food thing y'all are doing for the homeless, the homeless, I don't need homeless shelter. I don't think it's a shelter something. She goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I was like, well, you know, these th- four ladies came to me and they said they wanted to start doing this and said they needed to start doing some stuff. And 
So this is what they were going to do. And I mean, not boasting in myself at all, but what the Lord has done, that's how it should work. Absolutely. Yeah. That we're preaching the gospel and that as we're preaching the gospel, now I don't mean get up every sermon and preach John three sixteen Jesus saves, but the gospel and how the gospel impacts life. And that as we do that work, that hard work, that grinding out work, that that will eventually change hearts and minds in such a way where the gospel then, as you put it into people, it will flow out of people and it will be shown in the real world where they live. Yeah, absolutely. So really the gospel is the only thing that is constant. So issues this year for churches 2024 it it may be it may look a little different than it was in 2003 it'll look a little different than it will 20 years from now but no matter what issue comes no matter what issues we're dealing with in the culture the constant is the gospel that's always the answer so yeah we're going to face some stuff this year we're we're facing as a church I'm sure gender issues will be become more of prevalent and homosexuality and just things you can say, things you can't say, hate speech, every bit of that kind of stuff. It's going to infiltrate churches more and more, but the gospel remains the constant. And then 20 years from now, when the issues are different, the gospel is still going to be there. The gospel is still going to remain. So, yeah, that's my encouragement is no matter what you face, be rooted in the gospel. Talk about these second tier things, but don't make that the main thing. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of my thoughts on where the church may be headed this year. Yeah. So I'm going to sum it up. Keep the main thing, the main thing. And the gospel is the main thing. Thanks for listening to the halfway there cast, a production of halfway there ministries. Visit our website, halfwaytheirministries.org, where you will find resources to help you follow Christ on your way home, as well as information about how to find us on social media and read our blog. We are serving Christ on our way home and trying to help others on their way. We are halfway there. Whoa, living on a prayer.